Hi, this is Cree Mitchell again, coming again, uh, talking about the subject of Christianity and pro-choice. And I know the pro-choice movement, uh, it deals with uh, the way people look at it today is with abortion and whether or not birth control, whether or not you can or you can't. What we have to realize as Christians is that everyone has been giving the ability to choose because we're created in the image of God. And I wanted to um, take us back to the scriptures and let's look at a few things so that we can understand we can't override someone else's choice because God doesn't override our choice. In the book of Genesis chapter one, uh, what's it, verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move on the ground. Verse 27, so he created mankind in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I've given you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours. And to the beasts of the earth and the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath in it, I have given green plant for food and it was so. And then it said, and God saw all that he had made and it was good. And the evening and the morning was, was the sixth day. So man was created on the sixth day. And that is in biblical aspects that is looked as being the number of man is six. But man was also created in the image of God, mankind, which means the male man and the female man or man and the man with the womb woman. And what we have to realize is that when God created Adam and then he created Eve, in them he put the ability to choose. They didn't know evil because he had created them in his likeness. God is not evil, so therefore he didn't create evil. They didn't know bad because God is not bad. They were created in his likeness. And but he also gave them the ability to choose, to rule over the fish, the air, the sea, the land, everything that creeps upon the ground. God gave them that ability. But you notice in there, he didn't tell them to rule over each other. And there's where the difference comes in. He created them all equal. And in the book of Genesis chapter two, it goes on to talk about, again, how that... Um, Verse uh, 16 and 17, and the Lord commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the, in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, if God could have created a being that had to do what he wanted it to do and to be programmed and robotic, but he didn't. He wanted a being like himself. So we're created in his image and his likeness. We have the ability to choose. He gave him the facts, telling mankind, telling Adam, look, 
you got all these good trees here you can eat from. But if you eat from this tree, the tree of not of knowledge of good and evil, when you eat from it, you will certainly die. He didn't say he was going to die that minute, but he told me he would certainly die. And there were three aspects of death that when Adam ate from the tree with Eve, he died spiritually. Uh, there was some soulish death that took place and it started the body to going down a path where it would eventually physically die. God still gave him that choice. He let him know that if you choose, if you make the mistake and do wrong, then there's repercussions because God had set laws in the earth, spiritual laws that would be adjusted. And because Adam was the ruler over the earth, when he slipped, if he screwed up, that would throw everything into chaos. And that's sometimes we forget as Christians that not only do we have the ability to choose, but everyone who is not a Christian also has the ability to choose. And their choices are the result of the decisions that they make. I don't have the right to inflict my choice and my belief onto another individual, but nor do I want them to inflict their choices and their beliefs on me. Now, if Christians are for always, and I'm a Christian, so I can say it, always yelling about they're trying, you're trying to make me know, I'm, you're trying to make me believe the way you want and do what you want, and the world's trying to influence. We need to quit trying to take over the world. We need to let our light so shine, the Bible said, so that men will see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And the problem with the world is the world is not seeing the light of the church. The condition that the world is in is because the condition of the church is in bad shape. And I'm just going to say it. The church needs to be redefined. God, God wants to work on us individually. The Bible talks about that there would be judgment and we're forever talking about the world being judged. But what we have to understand that, first of all, if we as the church do not judge ourselves, we will be judged. And there's a scripture that talks about judgment must first begin at the house of God. And that's, I believe, 1 Peter 4, 17, where Peter says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begins at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Judgment has to begin with us. If our nation is in a bad shape. The nation's in a bad shape because the church is in a bad shape. We determine we're the salt. And if the salt is lost, its flavor, its savor, where it can't affect where it's put, then it's useless. It might as well be dust. And those are the words that Jesus said. We're the salt of the earth. And the problem is not the world. The problem is the church. A lot of church leaders and individuals are, in, are greedy. They're committing just as many crazy things as, quote unquote, the world is. There are a lot of religious people who are doing abortions and yet are paying for abortions and yet are saying, I don't believe in abortion. We need to strike, strike down Roe versus Wade. Live it. We need to live what we say. It's one thing to preach it, but it's another thing to walk the walk. If you can talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. 
And the problem has been the church has not been walking the walk. We have not become a light. Sometimes you can't tell the difference between us and anybody else because except for the judgmental tone that comes out of the church. I'm, I'm just amazed at sitting and looking at stuff to see that how far the church has shifted from its focus of being like Jesus, walking in the footsteps of Jesus, loving like Jesus. The love is being vanished because we get caught up in money-making schemes and all kinds of other things and condemning the world instead of being a light and a love and a place of refuge, a city of refuge. Jesus talked about a city that's put up on the hill that shines light, cannot be hit. We need to be a light, and we have not been a light. And that's the sad thing. And then we expect to come down on the world and condemn the world for what they do. If we show them, if we're not a good example, because we have not worked on ourselves, we can't work on anyone else. And um, it's like the old saying, I used to hear my grandparents say people will gag at a gnat and swallow a camel. I mean... So that's kind of the big thing is we have got to change us. We're so busy trying to change the world, and we can't. We have to change ourselves. Jesus was talking about, when he talked about um, how difficult it would be for some, some individuals with wealth to get in the kingdom of heaven, it's like, you know, he said, again, I tell you, it is easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And that's because the entrance to a lot of places over there in, in the Middle East is what they call the eye of a needle. So in order to get a camel to go through, you had to unload it and let the camel go through that way. And a lot of people, and and it's not, just people with wealth. It's not, so we're not going to target people with wealth. It's not all people with wealth. There may be, there's some, some with wealth who, um, who are so fixated on wealth and getting it and keeping it and terrorizing other people. But there are a lot of people who aren't. They're very giving and caring and, and stuff like that. There's some, even some poor people who are so fixated on getting money that they're terrorizing and, and doing whatever they can, underhanded and devious in order to get the money and to keep the money. And and they lose sight of who they are sometimes. Sometimes we do, especially sometimes as Christians, if our focus is on money, then we lose sight of who we are. Our focus needs to be on God and being that light and walking in love and trusting God to help us through whatever. Sometimes we, we condemn the world so much that we lose sight of what we're supposed to be doing in the world. We're supposed to be a light in the world and not causing more darkness. And so when it comes again to pro-choice, it, it began, it started in Genesis and it went all the way through, all the way through the Bible. You'll see where King David and Abraham and Moses and even in the book of Isaiah, there were kings and individuals who had a choice. Uh, Rahab the harlot had a choice, and she chose to, in the book of Joshua, she, she, she chose to save the spies that came. She chose to believe, and she was not um, 
an Israelite, but she had heard about their God and the miracles that were performed. And all she wanted was her family saved. And not only did God bless her to save her family when they took over Jericho, but she also became in the lineage of Jesus because one of the spies that she saved married her. She had a child and he ended up being the grandfather of King David. It just, it just goes on down. So God will use anyone that's willing. And that's what we have to look at. This is Cree Mitchell saying God bless you and I'll talk to you again.